Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Jay, and this is the Rewatch Podcast. I watch movies all the time, then I like to rewatch them, and sometimes I'll even watch them again. It doesn't matter if they're good or bad or just downright terrible. I'm going to watch them and then tell you all about them. And sometimes I'll have special guests join me. This is the Rewatch Podcast. Welcome back to the Rewatch Podcast. I am Jay Thomas, and it is time for the second installment of Good Times with Bad Movies with Sean. Sean, welcome back. Thank you very much. Uh, this movie, it's borderline. I don't say it's a bad movie. It's a unique I'm, movie. I'm going to say it's for the segment only. This movie <laughs> is not bad. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, what we are talking about today in the winter season of the Rewatch podcast is Deadly Games, Dial Code Santa Claus, or... 3615 Code Pierre Noel, the that's, French that's title. The other one. Uh, if you look it up on IMDb, the Internet Movie Database, it's called Game Over. It's a lot of different names. It is uh, a French movie, which when uh, we were talking about this a while ago, I, you had kind of convinced me I should look into it. I ended up buying the Blu-ray. I was sort of hoping it would have an English dub um, because I, I don't always have the best attention span, uh, but it does not. It is a full-on French movie with the subtitles but uh it's blu-ray and 4k we got both yeah. this 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 will get you this is my very first 4k disc nice very Out nice of any of the movies i could have gotten for my first 4k this is it right here deadly yeah, game. i thought, it, I thought you were gonna hold out for like i thought you'd hold out for son-in-law or encino man you know something in the poly shore collection for your first 4k well i mean that would be where you'd go if they you had it uh, get carla yeah. gugino in 4k yeah right uh, but <laughs> No, it didn't work. Uh, here, let me get you a, a little synopsis of this movie for anybody that hasn't watched this, and I'm guessing it's anybody listening. Uh, young Thomas is obsessed with action movies and video games, so much so that when his mother is out, he delights in turning the sprawling mansion, we, we're going to talk about that mansion, where he and his uh, invalid grandfather live into a makeshift battleground, concocting and setting up elaborate traps. Home alone, grandfather aside, on Christmas Eve, Thomas is soon faced with an unexpected and very unwelcome guest, a department store Santa Claus, who is, in fact, a deranged maniac on the loose. He's nine years old. His name is Thomas. He's a little genius. He believes in Father Christmas. His two favorite pastimes, computers and superheroes. December 24th, midnight, hidden under the dining room table, Thomas waits for Father Christmas. But what he does not know is that he is about to experience the most frightening night in his entire life. Finally met his match. Wanted Mr. Xmas. Trailer like says it's like the the precursor to Home Alone. There are a couple moments I would say that's probably close, but I'm well, <laughs> I'm gonna say probably not. Well, it came out the year before Home Alone, technically, and I read something about the director threatening to sue the makers of Home Alone for ripping off his premise. I don't think so. Yeah, there. I mean, there there are some traps. There's some trapping going on, and yeah. there is a, there is one home invader. 
but but also he's not just you know a deranged lunatic i mean he is he seems like something's off like it kind of bounces back and forth like you don't know you're kind of at first you're like oh is this guy just a little strange a little odd is there some kind of you know mental illness and then he kind of takes the leap into full-on mania well know? the movie the movie starts with a snowball fight with kids outside and i'm like oh this is a nice little christmas setting and then this weirdo guy just kind of wanders in with this crazy smile on his face. And I didn't catch, I was looking down. I think I was taking notes of like, Oh, there's a snowball fight that the movie starts with. So I didn't see what the kids were saying to him, but he shows up like he wants to play and they, they are not, not for it. They, they all leave. And he's very upset and saddened by this. Yeah. So what's the, what's the most reasonable, rational thing you're going to do? You're going to, Find yourself a job as a Santa Claus. That's what you're going to do. We'll, we'll get into that. Uh, the next thing that we see, it's the opening, which I thought was pretty awesome. Uh, this little kid, Thomas, he's probably, what What do you think, like eight, nine? Probably I Kevin McAllister's age, maybe a little younger. Um, yeah, nine years old, French Kevin McAllister with a mullet. Oh, my God. The mulletiest mullet I've ever seen in my life. I mean, he puts yeah. most, you know, jobber wrestlers from the early 90s to shame with that mullet. It's crazy. Yeah. I know. I thought, you know, I thought America had the mullet cornered, but I had apparently had not been to Europe during that that run. Jeez. No, the French wins this war. The war Ooh. of the mullets goes to the French. Um, yeah. Thomas wakes up for, in his, it's not his bed. It's like a rusted out old plane, which is crazy. Um, I, first of all, I mentioned in the synopsis about the mansion. Um, I do not understand the layout of this house at all. It is like the craziest big mansion. I mean, it's it sort of looks like Wayne Manor a little bit in the 60s, but like a, like a castle version. It's right. and he's in this like giant. I mean, it looks like a warehouse. What he wakes mm-hmm. up in. There's like this plane, which at first I'm like, is this a bed? But I don't think it is like I think it's an old, like a tiny plane. And he gets out of it. And then like there's these war sound effects and he's just like hunting something. He's just playing around. Um, oh, yeah. It's a crazy way to get up in the morning. I kind of loved it. Yeah. No, they launch into a full on full on montage in the first five minutes. His introduction yeah. is a montage because then he's strapping all the you know gear up, putting the camouflage on, doing oh, a full straight up Rambo. Straight up Rambo, Rambo yeah. too. Beautiful. It was <laughs> it's just like that's what he's doing for breakfast. Like he's getting up for the yeah. day. That's it. It's not like he's on a mission or something. This is just another day in the life. You yeah. Know? And, and I love that he's got like this huge sound system in the house. But like the montage of him getting ready, he puts the makeup on the face like commando. He's yeah. but I loved the the war toys because we definitely had those growing up. Like for sure. If you mm-hmm. grew up in the 80s, you had a toy knife. You had mm-hmm. many toy guns. I mean, it was the 80s and Rambo as a as a cartoon. So I mean, I remember, it, I remember getting camouflage in, in my GI Joe sets, and I would put the camouflage on, and it didn't look close to as good as as kids did. You know, they look like yeah. a professional commando at that point. Um, it was great, and it reminded me a lot of me when I was little. Not that I ever did that, but when I used to have to go to Rochester, Minnesota, to the Mayo Clinic, I so didn't want shots anymore because I used to get shots all the time, not the fun shots, the needles. And yeah. I took, I couldn't get away with this now. Uh, I took toy grenades with me and I put them on my doctor's seat before he came in. Cause you know, they make you wait. And then I hid like behind the curtain and <laughs> I was peeking through the curtain. I looked and he just looked at it and just picked it up and put it on his desk. Like it was nothing. <laughs> like, damn it. 
Foiled again. Foiled. Thomas gets up and does this whole war scene. He tricks his dog into falling down this pit that has a, a net right underneath it, which I thought yeah, was like, like, okay, this is fun. This will definitely come back later. It was great. I thought it was super fun. It is. It starts out fun. I mean, the music is great too. They got Bonnie Tyler singing the uh, this Christmas time song, and just I could not get that out of my head. No, I still have it in my head, and I watched the movie six weeks ago. I can't stop <laughs> about it. Merry Merry Christmas. Don't change kids to will. Thomas lives with his uh, his mother and his grandpa. I I have in my notes the mom looks like Hillary Clinton. Yeah, at that time I could see that. Yeah, from that. the late '80s, '90s, Hillary Clinton. That's what the mom looks like. And the grandpa is blind and diabetic. I mean, he's not blind. He's pretty blind. I mean, it's everything's like a blur to him. And the grandpa, I like, I really like these characters. And you get to spend a little bit of time with them before things go crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like this this kind of nice little family unit. I mean, his dad, mm-hmm. I think, I'm pretty sure the mom is widowed. But the grandpa lives with them and it's a house in love. I mean, obviously the kid has a lot of money and everything like that. But yeah. the, like a love that's not just like cold, like cold house, cold money. It's like... Yeah loving family unit unconventional a little bit but he's got you know he doesn't want for anything including love and money so and the kids got it made at this point at the very beginning it's very yeah. cozy and the croissants at breakfast beautiful what? croissants at breakfast oh my god that, that, that when he said like i want the croissant i'm like could this get any more french my yeah. god and it, oh, it looks so good <laughs> Oh, it can get more French. I'll bring that up later, but keep going. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it was something I, I really uh, enjoyed the opening. Thomas still uh, very much believes in Santa Claus in this movie. Uh, he has a little bit of his doubts, but he he's talking to Santa in this one part on a message board. Um, or that's what you, you can do. That's where the uh, uh, 3615 code Santa or whatever comes in. Because I think that's what it's called, a paranoel. And yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, so that's what we're doing. But you find out very quickly, Thomas isn't talking to Santa. He's talking to that freak show that was trying to play in the snowball fight. <laughs> that's what's, what's amazing. What are the odds? That's what's so amazing. I when I was watching, I was like, tell me he's not talking to the weird guy from the very beginning. And also oh, they yeah. pan out and they show the guy talking. And he's like, talking. what's your address? Like, he's totally <laughs> a total pedophile at this point. Like, that's what it seems like anyway. Yeah, alarm, alarm bells are ringing. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And uh, Thomas is with his uh, dumb little friend that he doesn't really like at all, um, which I thought was really funny. He's like, you're probably talking to a creep. And then he pans out and it shows the scary, crazy guy. Yeah, he totally was. His friend who didn't seem like to be uh, the most trustworthy person because he didn't, you know, his friend doesn't believe in Santa. Right. Told him that Santa is fake. Was actually right about this one. That was a total deranged weirdo on the other end of that chat. Yeah, and the... The guy, like for real, the guy that plays the, uh, I mean, he's just Santa Claus. That's his name in the credits um, mm-hmm. or Père Noël because it's French. He is a real creepy looking guy. He kind of reminds me of like a skinnier version of the guy from Pee Wee's Big Adventure that, <laughs> that chases him. I can't remember what his name is, but. I saw like Vincent Gallo. I saw like washed up European yes. Vincent Gallo. Yeah, that um, too. It, it kind of creeped me out, especially, you know, when, when well, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but. He gets creepier as the movie goes on, as he changes his image. His image changes a bit, and it gets uh, really wacky, really crazy. So Yeah. Uh, Thomas's mom uh, runs, like, this big shopping center. And uh, it just so happens to be very close to this computer setup where the man is talking to, ironically enough, her son. And uh, he decides he's going to go be a, a department store Santa Claus. 
it's a creep fest right from the very beginning. Hired on the spot. No background yeah. checks. Nothing. Same day hiring. They are hard up. It's Christmas Eve. They are hard up for Santa's. Okay, that's the thing that was I had trouble comprehending. It is Christmas Eve, and this place is packed with people. I mean, I granted, I don't go out very often uh, on Christmas Eve, but I didn't know that uh, there was that many last-minute shoppers. Well, I guess. I mean, it's different. And I got to tell you, like, if when the, when and if this whole COVID thing ends, yeah, I want to go to Paris for Christmas because it looked beautiful. Like, I, yeah. I, I had no interest in going to Paris for anything until I saw <laughs> this movie. I was like, man. There's fire breathers, there's circus people, there's oh, yeah, Santa's, everyone's happy. It looked beautiful. I was like, man, I really, I got to go to France. What, uh, what sets everything into motion in this movie, so the creep guy is is now Santa, and he's got the Santa gear on, but his, his, he's got a bushy beard, but it's brown, and he's got a fake Santa beard over it, and this uh, kids are sitting on his lap. It's I don't like it. It's unsettling. And then there's like this girl that sits on his lap and he kind of like pets her face. And then she says that he's not really Santa. So he slaps her. I shouldn't have laughed at that scene, but I kind of did. I couldn't. I was waiting for something horrible to happen. And I know that's I thought of you. You don't handle kids in danger well in TV now that you've uh, had kids. I don't. It's it's definitely a, a definitely a problem for me. I can't watch the new it movie chapter one or two. I don't care. It's hard. And like that whole part is so tense. Cause I'm like, what horrible thing is he going to do to this poor girl? Yeah. And he totally did something horrible. Yeah. Cause he just the way he's looking at her. I mean, like it oh, was, yeah. it's super creepy. I mean, if you want a creepy Christmas movie, you're not going to go wrong with this one because it's creepy and tense the entire time that Thomas's mom, like I said, is the boss of this place. She sees this whole interaction, fires the guy on the spot. And uh, she's getting a bunch of toys and gifts sent home. And, uh, you know, Mr. Creepy Santa hears all this and decides he's going to take a little trip and kills. No, he hides the van. Well, yeah, then immediately he's killed, you know, three people to start uh-huh. off. He's, he's pretty much killed everyone he can to get into the estate. And it's kind of like he's taken a, a, quite a leap. I mean, granted, he wasn't the best guy already, but we're jumping right into the to the murder here. So, well, and, and the funny thing is, is like. So he's already interacted with this kid and he has no idea. It's just a, a random coincidence that it's the same one. And meanwhile, the kid back at the house is like, I'm going to stay up and I'm going to see Santa. He rigs up the, the security system on his uh, arm. It's almost like a smartwatch, but like this, it almost kind of looks like a uh, power glove in a way, kind of the way he has it set up on his wrist so he can see all the rooms because he's definitely going to see that there's Santa. He's going to take a picture. And prove that he's real. He finds out that uh, Santa is not somebody to be trifled with. No, Santa, he's, it's such a sad moment because he's so excited because he's like, I finally caught Santa. I've got him. I, I'm going to uh, catch him. I see him. And uh, Santa makes some moves. This is the, he kills the poor dog, beloved dog yeah. JR, Thomas's best friend. You don't see this very often, but the, the dog shows up and. Uh, knows that something's up with this guy. We actually, you know what? We need to go back a little bit. We did not talk about its transformation because it's somewhere before the kid sees him. Um, he finds like a bottle of like the instant snow or whatever and starts spraying his beard yes. and his hair. He's like spray painting it white. And it is one of the 
most unsettling scenes I think I've seen in a long time. <laughs> yeah, it goes right in front of the Buffalo Bill uh, tucking it back scene for me. Like it was it's so, so creepy, so unsettling, and it, it it makes him so creepy and scary looking for the rest of the movie. That's it. I'm done yeah. with it. I mean, because it's like it's. I remember seeing the trailer. I'm like, is this just really low budget? Because the way he looks. Uh, which it could have been. I don't know what French movies are really like, but the the look that he ends up with after spraying his hair and his beard is so weird and just off. I mean, it's very creepy. And then, so he comes down the chimney, the dog shows up, he stabs the dog with, what is it that he has? What is his weapon? The most French weapon I could ever imagine outside of the guillotine, a pate spreader is what it looks like to me. It's from like a cheese plate's Flash yeah, I figure out what it was. I'm like, what is that exactly? Yes, yes. I've all the French cheese parties I've been to, but I believe it's like a cheese slash uh, pate spreader that he stabs the poor dog with, and that's his weapon for the entire movie. Yeah, and he uses that. Yeah, he kills a dog, holds it down, and then stabs him. I'm like, what the hell am I watching right now? Oh, there's blood everywhere. I, I was not it. prepared. No, you don't see that. And that's the thing too. Like kids in danger, dogs in danger. It's like two things that really hurt and frighten people, especially yeah. the dog. I mean, I hate to say it, but I mean, I've never seen a dog killed that brutally on film before that I can uh, think of, you know, they don't spare any detail there. No. Um, and, and Thomas witnesses all this after he was on the phone with his mom, he had fallen asleep. He, the mom said like, well, be careful. Cause if, if Santa sees you, he becomes an ogre. Yeah. That's kind of what happens, mom. <laughs> and then it just becomes a chase. Like the whole movie from there on, is this chase Thomas escapes because he's, you know, he's a fast little kid and he can see where the sand is at on his, on his wrist. So he goes and gets his grandpa. And I was genuinely like tense throughout the whole movie. Cause I really liked the grandpa. I'm like, I don't want to see this old man get killed. Like they instantly go in the best part. And I thought this was so awesome. They instantly go to the car. That's their first move. I'm like, finally, finally a horror movie where they're like, no, we're leaving right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they were working on the car earlier in the movie and Thomas is clearly a really smart kid because he's doing all these traps and then he's working on the car. And uh, of course though, it's not gonna, it's not running. The garage door opens and there's uh, Santa. It is, it's unsettling, man. This whole movie is unsettling. It is. It's so tense. That's the time they're trying to get the car started the whole time. And he tries to run around the car and it's, it's intense because it's not just a, the kid in trouble, but it's also his his poor grandpa that he's got to take with him. So he's yeah. kind of got, I don't want to call grandpa an anchor, but he's kind of got an old anchor around his neck that he's got to get into safety as well. Santa starts like beating the crap out of the car with like, a, I think there's a sledgehammer and then um, he tries to break in and they lo- they're locking the doors really fast. And I was like, wow, I think I might actually be, I think my heart's beating a little faster than usual. This mm-hmm. movie is affecting me way more than I was expecting it to. They get to the kid's, like hidden room, which I love that he goes through a refrigerator to get there. And yeah. I'm like, Oh, that's really fun. Like he's got these secret passages, but the room was like, it's like a room that's been in the, the dad's family for years. It's like they're hidden where the men go. And there's just like old toys and stuff there the whole time. And it's this really strange room, but he's like, grandpa, you stay here. I'll go deal with this. I'll go make a phone call. <laughs> he, he sends like a fax and does all this stuff. And, Meanwhile, he can watch where the Santa is, but then, you know, Santa realizes what's going on, starts breaking cameras. The Santa kind of disappears a little bit in the middle of the movie. You don't really see him because the kid gets trapped. He like mm-hmm. chases him up on the roof of the house, which I was like, oh, God, don't fall. And he's barefoot, which I wondered if that was like a diehard 
reference. It might not be, but I, I was thinking of Die Hard the whole time. It, it seems, yeah, it's very diehardish. That, mm-hmm. That's the one you hear the movie described. Everyone describes like Home Alone by way of Die Hard. Basically, is the most common description of the movie that I, I'd see. And you got to throw some horror in there too. I don't know if you add something else like a slasher movie, you know, your favorite slasher movie in there as well, because there's kind of a slasher, a knife, sharp object, sharp implement welding psycho in the house. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, and I, I get the comparisons to Home Alone too. I mean, when he kind of has traps set but i mean it's not he doesn't do it quite to the extent of home alone where it's kind of cartoony like this seems like yeah i don't know it's it's a bit more gritty it's very well like in home alone when when the the wet bandits threatened to chew kevin's fingers off um you didn't really believe him but if the hobo vagrant psycho guy did it in this one uh there'd be some fingers missing from poor thomas yeah they're not gonna hold back it's it kind of reminds me a little bit of like so in the first home alone they're just trying to get the kid and stop him from, you know, ratting them out. I, I didn't really notice much until I was older. Like in the second movie, they're going to kill him. Like they want to kill Kevin. Oh, they it, say that in the first 10 minute, first appearance yeah. on the back of the fish truck. Like they're, they're ready to kill this kid. That's what this guy is. He's like both of them, but a psychopath on top of it. And he's not, he doesn't appear to be an idiot either. He's no. just stalking around the whole time. Uh, there's this really tense, scene where he figures out where the uh, the hidden room is and he's getting closer to the grandpa and you just see like the blur and i'm like that is very effective like i I really like that but man i was just so nervous during that scene i didn't yeah. want anything bad to happen to anybody in this movie and we didn't even really meet the people for that long but just the a little bit of time that we did I've, I really liked them. I I agree. I agree too. The, everything you said, the whole family liking them and the brief introductions that we had. And they, they're, you know, not just 2d characters, you know, they're actually like mm-hmm. fleshed out and everything. And that grandpa, when he's sitting there trying to hide, my hands were sweating the entire time in yeah. that secret room. I like, I, I, just, there. I just glanced over at my notes. I literally have it that says, I really care about these people. And I think, <laughs> I think that's really important in the movie. I mean, that you care about the victims. Cause I mean, half the time in slasher movies, you don't, but then there's there's a, a part then when the kid shows up at the last second before like the grandpa's gonna get killed, and um I was really surprised by that. I actually thought for sure grandpa's going like right away. The hiding place for grandpa next is I thought it was really kind of creative. I never really saw it coming. They hides him in a suit of armor. I've never seen that before. Me neither, and I was so impressed that they were able to get grandpa into that huge suit of armor so quickly and, and quietly. quietly yeah. yeah, you know that's what I couldn't believe and. <laughs> I would just, my heart would be beating out of my chest. You probably hear it through the through the armor, you know. I don't know how great oh, yeah. this in. I, I would also, have been done early on in this movie. There's no way I would have made it. And uh, also, Grandpa's missing, his, Grandpa's missing, needs his insulin. He's going yeah. into diabetic shock as well, diabetic coma. Yeah, once that happened, time, I'm like, oh right. my God, what now? Seriously? <laughs> We're throwing that in here? Uh, Santa is, at this point, I believe Santa is trapped in like a sauna that they have in the house. Is right. that what? Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. so... There are so many rooms in this place. And this is one of the things that uh, I actually kind of had a knock on the movie is I don't really think towards the end, it's very well edited. It's very confusing. Like it goes from one thing to the next, almost like kind almost like sketches in a way of like where they are. I, I got very lost on where people were. The kid would be in one area getting away from the guy. And then um, he'd be in a totally other room. And I was like, oh, that's weird. And th- they kind of happened after the the sauna. I kind of wonder if the director was trying to amp up the intensity and you know trying to speed it up a little bit more, and it kind of got yeah. a little 
disjointed feeling. Cops show up and Santa takes out the cops. But then like the next the next thing you see, like he's in the house again, um, showing up out of nowhere. I mean, that's pretty standard horror movie stuff, but it just seemed like it jumped a lot. And I'm like, I'm getting a little lost about where everybody is right now. I forgot about when he gets hurt, too. Doesn't Thomas get hurt as well? Yes, and it cuts him. That's right. I was trying to. I couldn't remember. I I kept paying attention to the movie, but I couldn't remember what happened to. But I know. Yeah, that. like I saw it a couple of days ago, and it's already kind of starting to fade away. Um, yeah. It makes a crutch. Uh, Thomas does. Santa catches him, um, and like cuts his leg, and I mean he's gonna do more, but this is the craziest. So Santa catches the kid, and like he's got the pate spreader to the kid's face, and you're like, oh, like I don't know. The way this movie's going, that kid could be dead soon. I don't really know. Yeah. He lets him go to play hide and seek. He goes, now you hide. What is so happening? Creepy. It's very crazy. creepy. Very effective and very creepy. And that's you know, yeah. this guy's not playing with a full deck. Wait a second. We knew he wasn't playing with a full deck from the start. I mean, it's just oh, he's just taking this this so psychopathic turn all of a sudden. Yeah, I mean, like no one saves the kid. People. Yeah. I don't know. It's a confusing character. It all the more makes it all the more creepy. And again, I, I like that he doesn't have a backstory or anything like that. You don't know anything He's, about him. Like you know nothing about him. He doesn't like he doesn't even have a name. They he really is just they call him Santa Claus. The God the the race to get the to get the grandpa insulin mm-hmm. also had me like on the edge of my seat because then Thomas gets out and like goes and finds it, goes to put it in, and uh, that's when that's when Santa catches him and cuts him. But then um, when they get outside again. Thomas, this is this is a horrifying scene. He has to shoot Santa. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, this is just like I'm so glad I didn't see this as a kid. The hell this kid must be going through. That's the thing. This movie has so many messed up layers. You don't think you can get any more screwed up and then it does until the very end. I mean it, it doesn't have you know a totally downbeat ending, but it still is kind of like this kid is traumatized. Yeah. He, Yeah, and so I mean Santa's been shot. Thomas goes back in, gives the grandpa the insulin, but it's not like not really working. He's not really waking up. And then, of course, wouldn't you know it, Santa comes back in and uh, he's standing there, grabs Thomas. And then like there's kind of like a a scuffle. I don't remember if he's like on top of him or what. But then the grandpa, God love him, starts to wake up, grabs the gun. And then you see the grandpa's vision which is a complete blur. Like, Jesus, he's going to shoot the kid. He's definitely going to shoot the kid. That's how this movie's going to end, and Santa's going to get away. Like he does every Christmas. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't, thank God. Nope. Grandpa's the hero. Yeah, Grandpa saves the day. And then the mom shows up. Everybody, I mean, it, it turns out okay, surprisingly. But then the kid is just in shock and traumatized the whole time. It's a wacky movie. It's but it's it's so much better than I thought it was going to be. It is. I mean, that's the end. I mean, that's it. It's not like oh, happy music, happy times. It's like this kid is shell shocked, and we're just going to you know yeah. pan out of that. And... Uh huh. They just they just leave it as as him just staring off like yeah. And I feel bad for him because it's like he said it's his fault because he wanted to see Santa Claus, and I'm like, right. dude, yeah, this one is... last stab in the heart with the pate yeah. spreader there. Oh, jeez. I mean, I bought this movie based on watching the trailer. I mean, they're making it seem like this kind of I mean, it is kind of campy, but like I thought it was going to be this kind of outrageous, ridiculous movie. And it's kind of not. It's sort of a straightforward horror movie. Yeah. I mean, in a weird in a front. I mean, I I say French way like I see a lot of French movies, but like 
it's a foreign movie. So, I mean, things are a little different in the, in there than they are for us, but I mean, I was genuinely creeped out. I thought it was pretty, it was really well directed. I mean, I, I was concerned for everybody involved. I don't know how many times I can say that, but I was just shocked by it. Worst off that the dog got killed in the beginning. I'm like, you're killing the dog. That's right off the bat. That's what we're doing. That sets the tone for us, the movie. I mean, really, that that's basically how the movie is going to go. And I also love this movie a lot. It's definitely going to be in my regular Christmas rotation yeah, in my collection, too. you know, all year round even. But it's it's really and it, it's shot beautifully. Like, it looks great. I really just I told myself afterwards, it's like it was all in this contained world in a snow globe. That's where yeah. it happened. It wasn't real life. It was in a snow globe somewhere. <laughs> this is all a dream. You know, the crazy thing about the movie, too, is that, like, it came out in 89 or 90. It didn't make it here. It, like, it never got released until 2018 at, like, a festival. And then um, it got this Blu-ray release. This is a Vinegar Syndrome movie, isn't it? Yeah. It is, yeah. Distributed yeah, by they, Vinegar Syndrome. Again, they put out some amazing things. The best part about this, last the last time that we were talking, it was about American Rickshaw or that one you can't really find anywhere unless you buy it. Deadly Games, Dial Code Santa Claus is on Shudder. So if you, if anybody out there has Shudder, I recommend watching this movie before Christmas. It's stream it now. Stream it. It is, uh, it's well worth it. But then buy the copy, buy the Blu-ray yeah. 4K from Vinegar Syndrome. Keep those, these productions running. I want more movies like this all the time, all yeah. year round. The next time I'm going to watch this movie, I'm going to need a warm fireplace and a cup of hot cocoa and, uh, you know, just to snuggle in and be com yeah. comforted the whole time because it is pretty intense. You have to get one of those big weighted blankets to have over me to watch it. Oh, yeah. A Christmas one with jingle bells on it. Perfect. Absolutely. Check it out. It is on Shudder. Uh, again, how can people find you on uh, the Instagram? Instagram at Film Wheelhouse. That is my account that I'm out there. Just not updating as much as I should, but I've got another normal life outside of this fun movie life that I'd like to lead. So uh, <laughs> Film Wheelhouse is my, my Instagram if you want to check it out. All right, do that. Uh, you can follow the Rewatch Podcast on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook. And of course, subscribe to us on whatever you're listening to the podcast on. Leave a nice review because, you know, it's Christmas. And if you don't, Paranoel will kill you. <laughs> Merry, Merry Christmas. Don't change kids, stay with us. The Rewatch Podcast is an Alpha Media production.